And as you, as the ushers are passing around the baskets, uh, I do want to say uh, thank you guys for, uh, for those of you who were able to tune in uh, online to our service online. We did a little bit of a Facebook deal, deal because of the whole, you know, snow ice thing. And so I appreciate it. We actually had more people who watched that than would have come to church, <laughs> even on a really good, bright, sunny day. So that tells me something, you know. Maybe I'll just go to put a, a, a TV screen right here and just hit play, you know, and let y'all watch it. But we, um, we appreciate you guys um, tuning into that. And, uh, and with this new year, we are excited about what God is going to do in the life of our church and um, in your life as well. Uh, but I tell you, it's hard to look forward to what God wants to do in your life when you keep looking back. When you keep looking back at regrets. We all have them. We all have regrets. Maybe some small, maybe some large Okay, uh, maybe you you've uh, done some things uh, back in high school or back in college, or maybe you you didn't you know maybe you didn't uh, go to college and like man I regret not going, or maybe you say I should have gone to trade school and didn't really do that, or should have applied for this job and did do that. There's all different types of regret, and we're going to talk about those in this series. But today we're going to talk about how we're going to revisit our regrets. So we're actually going to revisit our regrets. And um, some of the examples could be, you know, uh, education regret, like I just said. I regret not maybe finishing my degree. Or maybe a health regret. I mean, I, I regret not taking better care of myself. Or maybe a relationship regret. Like you regret, you know, maybe you're single and you're like, I, I regret not asking that girl out. I should have asked her out. You know, she could have been the one, you know. Um, maybe an addiction regret. Maybe you, you're like, man, if I could just go back to age 17 when I first smoked my first cigarette, and if I could just go back to that, I regret ever doing that. Or maybe, you know, drinking your first, you know, liquor or whatever. You know, whatever that is, we all have those kinds of regrets. And so we're going to revisit our regrets. And, um, and the first uh, way to, um, to understand our regrets is to not hide from them to revisit them. And so um, we're going to do that uh, today. And um, you may say, well, I, I don't have to revisit my regrets, Frank. They haunt me every single day in my life. There could be regrets that you think about every day, and they're there. And you say, I don't need to revisit my regrets. My, my regrets visit me on a daily basis. They haunt me. Well, we're going to understand today, and here's our main point. Why are they still hanging around? We need to identify why our regrets are still hanging around. You know, maybe this is you, and maybe you, you feel so much regret, you feel sorry for yourself. You, you just have a pity party all the time, and, and you, you come to the point to where you, you feel uh, like you don't deserve to be happy, like you, you don't deserve to be healthy or to be whole. Well, know this that uh, that's when regret literally pulls you away from being the person God wants you to be. Because God has a design for your life. He has a plan for your life. And if we let those regrets pull us down to not being the person God wants us to be, that's when we're caught in what is called a sorry cycle. We just keep feeling sorry for ourselves. And we keep having this regret over and over and over again. And it gets to the point to where those people that we love most and those people we work with are the ones who have to deal with us, to deal with that damaged person. You know, maybe your regrets are causing you to be altered in some sort of way, causing you to be a, a person you really don't want to be and you know you shouldn't be. 
And it's causing you to react in ways or to treat people ways that could be damaging. And it's, and, and it's really all because these regrets keep hanging around. It's like, why can't I just let them go? Why can't, why can't I uh, let them leave my life? Well, to help us better identify the roots of our regrets, I'm going to share with you different types of regrets, okay? And um, there's uh, three different types I'm going to share with you uh, today. And, uh, you know, they could be like, you know, for what, you know, feeling sorry for what we did, like I blew it, or feeling sorry that we missed out, like I, I was too afraid, or sorry for ourselves, so why me? So the first type of regret is a regrets of action, regrets of actions. And this, this one says, I wish that I had never done this, okay? Think of a regret of action you have in your life. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of several right now. And, and you, we all have those regrets of action. I wish that I would never have done this. Maybe told some lies or a relationship that I damaged or maybe some dumb choice I made um, or maybe some money that I, that I blew or maybe some addictions that I keep, keep feeding. But we all have those. And what happens is those regrets of action that keep choking out what's beautiful in your life. God wants us to be beautiful. He wants your life to be beautiful, to shining forth, especially if you have accepted Christ as Savior. You are the bride of Christ. You are not meant to carry those weights. Just like uh, that last song we, we sing, okay? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Set your heartbeat to the rhythm of grace and don't be bogged down with those regrets. So regrets of action. A second type of regret is a regret of inaction, of inaction, I love this prayer from the Book of Common Prayer. It says, Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against thee in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. What we have left undone. We have, we have done things in action. And we have left some things undone, which is inaction. Some of the examples are, could be opportunities missed, time wasted. How much time we waste on, you know, social media? <laughs> you know, you get, you get locked into that. It's like you looked up and it's like, man, it, it's gone, you know. Um, time wasted, uh, love not expressed. That's a, that's a regret of inaction. You didn't express that love to your spouse or, or to your children. Didn't say I love you enough. Or regrets of inaction, gifts not given, or even, even this uh, forgiveness withheld. You know you need to offer forgiveness to this person. This person can have a freer life if they had forgiveness from you, but you're withholding that. That is a regret of inaction. And so um, staring back at the edge of your life, no one wants to say things like, oh, I wish I would have done, or my life would have been better if, or why didn't I do this. A poet once said this, for all the sad words of tongue and pen, the saddest of these, it might have been. Oh man, boy, that's a, that's a regret that stings. Oh, it might have been what could have been. So we have regrets of action. That's number one. We have regrets of inaction. That's number two. And the third one is regrets of reaction. Regrets of reaction. Um, many people, when they evaluate regrets, they only think about the regrets of action or inaction. But we can't stop there because sometimes our greatest regrets start 
with something hurtful that was done to us. Something that was done to us. And, you know, bad things, nat- bad things happen to us. And it's natural to have a, a response to that. But what could be problematic is when what we do in response to our regrets. Things that people have done to us, how we respond to those regrets. And it creates a regret of reaction. Some examples. We could assume responsibility. We could assume responsibility. Things like, maybe there was something I could have done to keep dad from leaving us. Maybe uh, you take on shame, okay, a, a regret of reaction. You take on shame. Maybe if I had dressed differently, he would have not have touched me like that. Or maybe a regret of reaction is, uh, is sort of, you sit there in bitterness. Like, I will never forget the way my brother stole the girlfriend I wanted to marry. You know, maybe you're, you're in a situation where you're sitting in bitterness, and the way you're reacting to that creates regret in your life. And what happens is you sit in that sorry cycle over and over again, and you're not getting any traction uh, in your life, and you're not moving forward, and God wants you to move forward. So um, whether your biggest regrets is regrets in action and action or reaction, I want you to consider something uh, that might help you to explain it. You see, I believe, and this is important, I believe that our regrets come directly or indirectly from pursuing longings outside of God. I believe our regrets come directly or indirectly from us pursuing longings outside of God. We all have longings uh, in our life. We all have longings for, for purpose and longings to, to, to belong, longings for love and acceptance. We all have these, these uh, longings to make significance in our life. But, but without God, that leads to regret. When we try to pursue those longings without God, outside of God's plan, that's when it leads to uh, regret. Let me give you some examples. A God longing and a regret of action would look something kind of like this. You know, we all want to feel, um, we all want to feel loved. We all want to feel loved. And so if we, uh, if we not receiving the love that we really think we deserve or whatever, and we go outside of God's plan or God's longing, then we might seek that love in someone else. We end up, wake up one day and we realize we've had an affair. We've got an addiction to porn. And we've got, those, we've got those things in our life. And so why? Because we feel, we feel uh, like uh, we're longing for love when actuality, that love should come from God. Uh, or you may say, uh, I, I want to feel long, or I want to feel uh, like I make a difference. I want to have purpose in my life. I want to look at my life for people to be able to say, wow, that person did X, Y, and Z. And so you have purpose in your life. And so you want to get into this uh, this. Um, this ability or this cycle of trying to please others. And so you, you work all the time. You please your boss. You want to uh, climb up the ladder. And there's nothing wrong about trying to climb up the ladder and be successful. And God wants you to do that. But God has a certain time in your life. God has a certain timing for those things to happen. And if you bring that to God and say, God, when is a good time? What is the next step for me? You guide my steps. And if we do that outside of God, 
then we have regrets of action. We're working too hard, workaholic. Another one, the God longing with regrets of inaction. Regrets of inaction. You know, if we have longings, um, longings for love, and, um, and, but insecurity keeps us uh, paralyzed. Insecurity keeps us paralyzed. You know, if, 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 you, um, uh, if you're single here today and, and uh, you, you feel like, well, God, uh, uh, God has someone for me in this life, and I know that. God wants me to date someone, you know, and eventually marry someone, and you're sitting here today and you have that insecurity in your life, then that right there is the regret, could be the regret of inaction. You have this longing for love in your life, and you're not doing anything about it. You're not asking that person out. You're not saying yes to that person who is, is, is a God follower. You, need, you don't need to say yes to just any Joe Blow in, in, in your life. But we have this longing and that insecurity in our life. Or the fear, fear of failure. You could be um, up for a promotion, and you're like, well, I don't want to submit my name in the hat because there's other guys and there's other ladies in my company, in my organization, who could do an even better job, and they're going to submit their names as well. And so I don't want to have that kind of failure. So you have that fear of failure, and so you don't, you don't submit your name for that promotion because you, you, don't, want to, you don't want to fail. And, uh, and so that is a regret of inaction. Uh, the God longing and regrets of a reaction. Uh, you know, when we, uh, when we get to regrets of reaction, we're dealing with hurtful situations caused by other people or by the world. We've all been hurt by other people. We've all been hurt by the world. But these still lie with misplaced longings. We can go all the way back to Adam and Eve. Their sin has affected everything in dest- destructive ways that we still feel today. Because of our sin, going back to Adam and Eve, because of sin in this world, our feelings get tangled up and we don't always know how to react properly to what goes on or to the things that people do to us. So because of sin in our life, the way we react to what people do to us or what the world treats us like, and that causes us to have a bad reaction. The world hurts us, and we react in a way that causes regret. I love this in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 22 and 23. Romans chapter 8, Paul uh, talks about, uh, we see how the world has a longing that cannot be satisfied apart from God. So Romans chapter 8, verse 22, and we have this on the screen. If you don't have your copy of God's Word, it says, We know... That the world, that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. So they have, um, they have groanings and they have rumblings of longing for something apart from God. In the next verse, we explain, he explains that this is similar to the individual longings we all feel without God. In verse 23. It says this, not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, who are Christians, who are Christ followers, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Just like we, when we receive Christ, we're longing for our home in heaven. We're longing to be reunited with Christ. And for the church, the bride of Christ to come together, we're longing for that. And so 
um, this world is longing for things that uh, it wants to do outside of God. So it's time to start over. Regrets of action and action and reaction can all be traced back one way or another to this. Attempts to satisfy longings outside of God. Outside of God. But there is a spiritual dynamic to it because if we're having longings outside of God, if there's a spiritual uh, uh, component to that, then we understand that there's also a spiritual solution to that. So if we're having longings outside of God, then we know that with God, we can make things right. We can make things right. And so it's in turning toward God that we have the possibility of starting over. Although we can't change the past, each of us can have a regret-free life in the future if we stop looking backward and start moving forward into different ways of believing and behaving. So we've got to stop looking in the past. Those regrets are in the past. And we've got to start moving forward. But those regrets are still hanging around. And you don't know why. So where do you start? Where do you start? How do you get out of this sorry cycle? There's a passage in, uh, in Luke chapter 22. If you turn uh, there, if you have your copy of God's Word, this is a story of Luke I'm sorry, of Peter that's, uh, that is in the book of Luke. And Peter, um, this story, many of us are familiar with this. And uh, to set this particular, um, uh, this particular story up, Peter tells Jesus before he was, a, before he was arrested, it's like, Jesus, if, if all else fails, if it, everybody fails you, I will not fail you. I will not leave you. I will not deny you, Peter, boastful Peter. Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, before the rooster crows in the morning, you're going to deny me three times. It's like, did you hear what I just said? I'm not going to deny you. I love you. I love you too, Peter, but three times, three times, you're going to deny me. In verse 54, Chapter 22, Luke says this. Then seizing him, Jesus, they led him away and took him to the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. That's important. And when, they, and when some of them there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. This man was, was with Jesus. But he denied it. A woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. Again, Peter is just kind of around that area, just outside the courtyard where Jesus is. About an hour later, so he's hanging around, and an hour later, he doesn't clue in that he's already denied Jesus twice. Another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. He has a certain accent. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord Jesus turned and looked straight at Peter through the courtyard gates. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord has spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. 
after everything Jesus did for Peter, calling him out from being a fisherman, after all these things of being with him, of being a great friend and trusting in him, Peter goes and he denies Christ. You know, how many times have we done that? How many times have we denied Christ? And of course, this right here is a, is a major regret in Peter's life. He's like, I can't believe I denied him. He was coward and dishonest and he was unfaithful. So what was Peter going to do with this overwhelming regret? I mean, this is overwhelming. Not only did he deny Jesus, Jesus knew that he denied him. He even saw him, made eye contact with him. And the, the regret was huge. So what is Peter going to do with that? What are you going to do with your regret? What am I going to do with my regret? Well, it's time for a regret breakout. I'm going to offer you a simple solution. Listen to this. Don't regret your regrets. Don't regret your regrets. When we go and we're revisiting our regrets, okay? But don't regret them. Learn to love them instead because they can teach you how to pursue a life you don't need to regret. This sense of regret can be useful in correcting our life. It could be a means of you moving beyond feeling sorry in that sorry cycle, trying to create a better life for yourself and those you love most. So loving your regrets begin with understanding the difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. So again, we're revisiting our regrets. We saw how Peter regretted that. And we're going to not ignore our regrets, we're going to not regret our regrets, but actually we're going to love them. How do we love our regrets? This is how. We've got to understand the difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, love this passage, verses 8 through 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8 through 11, Paul talks about godly sorrow here. Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. So he sent a letter earlier, okay? This is obviously 2 Corinthians. I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, and this is, get this, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended and so you were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leads, leads to no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you? What earnestness, what eagerness, what to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. So Paul is saying, look, in my last letter, I called you out on something. You were not, the church at Corinth, you were doing something you weren't supposed to be doing. So I called you out on it. 
And instead of just saying, oh, man, we got caught. We got caught. We're going we're gonna to have to make better choices now. You know, just kind of, man, we feel sorry. Man, we're, we're, we're no good church. We're not really doing what God so, wants us to do. And then we just kind of get caught up in that. And we, we kind of fade away. And, and the, and the uh, church just doesn't do well. But they didn't do that. They had godly sorrow. Because godly sorrow, as it states in this verse, in this passage, godly sorrow leads to repentance. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. Worldly sorrow leads to resentment. That's important. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. Worldly sorrow leads to resentment. Repentance, resentment. And it didn't consist of being sorry they got caught, not this church. It led to repentance. So regret is not meant to remind us we did badly. It reminds us that we know we can do better. Your regret. We're revisiting your regrets. And we're a- I'm asking you, I'm challenging you to love your regrets and allow them to make change in your life. They're not there to remind you you did badly. They're to remind you that you can do better. It's time for a new storyline. Consider this. If you're stuck in regret, maybe the problem is you're telling yourself a bad story. You're telling yourself a bad story. You see, when, when something goes wrong, our minds naturally try to make sense of it all. We try to do it all in here. In a way, we construct a story about what it, uh, what it means to us, whatever this happened, or whatever we've done. And that story isn't always good. Maybe your story is something like this. In your marriage, I hurt my spouse so badly with the things I've said that we will never achieve a great marriage. That right there is living in the sorry cycle of resentment, of regret, of what you've said, of an action you've done. And so the best thing to do is say, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God, that I treated my spouse this way. And then apologize to your spouse and learn to love that regret to help you. That could be the very same thing that you did could be the very same thing that helps you guard you from doing it again. And let it be godly sorrow, not worldly sorrow. Here's another one, maybe a a business regret. You know, if I was going to start my own business, I should have done it before I got married and had kids. Maybe you're sitting there saying, I really wanted to do this, but, but, you know, I should have done it earlier. And now I'm regretting that. It's a regret of inaction. And, and, and that's sort of your story, and you're, and you're sticking with it. That's your life story. It's time to change your storyline. And maybe your regret is this. I, I've tried everything to quit smoking. It's impossible. I'm just who I am. Let me tell you something. That is not who you are. It's not who you are. You are not meant to be made up of a pile of your regrets. You're not. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Jesus' words. Using your regret as an agent of change is the best thing. But you have to revisit your regrets. We're going to do that in just a moment. We're going to, 
I want to encourage you, revisit your regrets, love your regrets, let it be an agent of change, let it be godly sorrow, not worldly sorrow. Oh, I got caught, or oh, I can't change, this is who I am, this kind of marriage I'm going to have, okay? No, that's not your story, and you need to change your story. We need to have purified longings in our life. You know, when I talk about loving your regrets and using them to change your life for better, I'm not just talking about making better choices. It's so much bigger than that. Starting over is about making a change. It's about making a change with God. Making a change with God. There's a spiritual dimension to it. Our better life starts with God, period. Our better life starts with God. And it will be one that seeks to know God, love God, and to follow God. Here's a statement I want you to hear. You need to hear this statement. Write it down. You can listen to it online. But the new life we enter into is not just a better life that we dream for ourselves, but the better life that God dreams for us. The result of making change because you're, you're not regretting your regrets, you're actually loving your regrets, it's an agent of change, but the new life we enter into is not just a better life that we dream for ourselves, but the better life that God dreams for us. Do you know right now that God is dreaming of a better life for you. And I'm not talking about, you know, some sort of your best life now kind of stuff. I'm not talking about, you know, we, we, you know God wants us to, to uh, be mega rich and all kinds of stuff. No. I'm talking about, let's just boil it down to living with peace with ourselves. Can I tell you something? There are people in this world who have millions of dollars and are worth billions who don't have peace in their life. They can't buy peace apart from God. And so just having a life of peace, having a life of contentment, knowing that you are there in your sweet spot and knowing that, yeah, you have, you've done some things and you've had those regrets, but you're not letting those regrets pull you away from being the person God wants you to be, but you're allowing those regrets to be an agent of change to become the person God wants you to be and to live that life that he is dreaming for you. He's dreaming of a life for you. You may not be, but God is. God wants to rewrite your story. God wants to rewrite your story. How do I know that? He did it for Peter. He did it for Peter. Because see, after Jesus was crucified, buried, three days, rose again, he was on this earth appearing in different places throughout the, throughout the, the earth and uh, throughout that region for about 40 days, and, and he appeared in this particular passage. And in this setting around a campfire, Jesus warmed up with the disciples in great conversation. But this conversation became very cold for Peter as he remembered his regret. And you can find it in John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Some of you... Some of you need to go home and read this passage. And some of you need your version of John chapter 21. You need your version of John chapter 21. Because it's time for God to rewrite your story. 
because you're stuck in the sorry cycle of regret. In this passage, starting at verse 15, it's just a couple of verses, 15 through 17. John chapter 21. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Talking about the other people around the fire. Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. And, and all the while, he's thinking, you know, remember when I, you know, we made eye contact and I, I denied you. And so Jesus said this, feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He, he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Uh, did you not hear me? I said I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Why is Peter's new storyline important to us? You see, Jesus said, feed my sheep, feed my lamb, take care of my lambs. And then he said, take care of my sheep. A lamb is a baby sheep. A lamb is up to, up to about one year old. It's what you call a sheep. Okay? It's a lamb. After about one year old, you call it a sheep. Jesus is telling Peter, look, I'm calling you into ministry. I'm calling you to make disciples. And there are young Christians you're going to need to feed into. You're going to need to take care of in their first year of being Christians. But not only that, I think so much of you, and I love your story so much, and I'm rewriting your story so much, that I want you to even not just take after, to look after them, young Christians, in their first year of development as a, as a believer, but I want you to walk with them as they move into adulthood as a believer. In other words, I'm calling you to be a disciple of disciples. And I love the fact he asked him three times to cover all three of those regrets, all three of those denials that Peter had made. God has a new story for your life. Your regrets, we have to revisit them. We have to learn from them. We have to repent from them, godly sorrow, and allow that godly sorrow to be an agent of change but it starts with God, and it starts with him rewriting your story. When you walked in to the service, you should have received one of these. This is a blank index card. I want everybody in this room, if you, have, if you can get one of these, if you do not have one of these, please simply raise your hand, and we will make sure we get you one. Now, you can borrow a pen. If you need a pen, we can get one to you. There's one on the back table. And if you need a pen, you can raise your hand. We can get you a pen as well. But this index card, don't write your name on it. <laughs> okay, I know some, 
Students like, you know, the first, you know, if I get a blank piece of paper, I'm supposed to write my name on it. No, don't write your name on it. Okay? I don't want to know your name. Trust me. But here's what I want you to do. <laughs> I'm so excited about what we're going to do with this. I, 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 I want to tell you, but I can't. <gasps> here's what I want you to do. Don't put your name on this. I want you to write a regret you have in your life. Say, well, Frank, I have several regrets. Um, write them. Flip it over. Write them. If you need 10 of these, we've got some, you know, on the back table. It's fine. We're good. You know? But here's, here's what I want you to do. Your biggest regrets, the regrets that keep visiting you day after day after day. Oh, the regrets in your life is like, man, I, I can never be the person I, I'm, I'm supposed to be because of these stupid regrets. Well, we're going to revisit them. And the way we're going to do that is you're going to write them on here. And the band is going to sing a song. And during the song, I encourage you to, encourage you to worship. And if you're in a place where, man, I can't stand to worship right now, I've got to write these, that's fine. You don't have to stand. Some of you can stand. When you're done writing your regrets, just stand. And here's what we're going to do. When we dismiss today's service, you take these, these index cards and you drop them in a basket. There's going to be people in the back door and you drop these in. Okay? Now, I don't know who has what regrets, okay? But can I tell you something? I wish I could tell you what I'm going to do, but it's going to spoil the whole thing. You need to come back next week and the week after that and the week after that because... We're going to do something that is going to change your life. And it's going to help you start over just because you revisited your regrets. So, your, your work right now, your assignment at your seat, write your regrets, ask God to reveal those, give those to Him. And if your regrets are, are big and you just want to come down to the altar and pray, we're here. We're here. But this song they're going to sing is all about setting a fire in my soul. There's no place I'd rather be. I want more of you, God. God, I want more of you in my life. Let that godly sorrow cause repentance in your life and you make a change. Not just good choices. It's bigger than that. Make a change. And it starts with God. So I'm going to pray. You write. When you're ready to stand and worship with us, you go ahead and do that. And then we're going to close a couple of announcements and you bring them at the door. And uh, you don't want to miss next week. That's all, that's all I got to say. You don't want to miss next week. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to revisit our regrets and to understand, Lord, that we have the godly sorrow, not, not regrets and not sorrow that makes us feel feel bad about ourselves that could be an agent of change in our life lord you be the change in our life we want more of you god set our hearts on fire and lord the more that we have for you the less we're going to look behind us in our past to our past regrets because we are not we are not made up of our regrets we're made up of you and you alone in jesus name amen and amen let's worship